You're listening to The Happy Hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique Alvarez-Cleary. Sponsored by Empire Fence and Netting on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Back here on the happy hour, how the however it's not very happy today. The it is if you joke around. Yeah, we we just turn it into a joke. 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Uh, both those open for you guys. Let's head to the Honda Lincoln Hotline where we're joined by our weekly Monday guest, Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Uh, Steve, we got asked this on the the text line, and I'll just transfer it over to you. How much trouble is the Nebraska in? Um, yeah, so obviously there's um, 11 regular season games left, so there's plenty of time to fix things. But, boy, um, I think I think everybody in the program and around the program wanted to get off to a good start, get some momentum under their wings, um, kind of head into the Oklahoma game at 3-0. and But, uh, yeah, um, that's not happening, obviously. It's uh, really, really disappointing start to the season um judging from the past the past four years under scott frost when when things go badly it, they haven't always you know been a team to kind of face the adversity and and kind of recover from it and regroup so right now it's it's not looking good um we're, we're joined by steve mark of inside nebraska here and i guess what was your biggest outside of the onside kick uh, because that kind of takes the cake as the most puzzling decision or just, you know, event that happened on Saturday. But outside of the onside kick, I, I guess, where, what did you take away as the, the most surprising thing that happened from Saturday's game? Um, most surprising, I'd have to say the, the run defense. Um, initially, I kind of thought about, you know, the, the offensive line and how they were going to run block. But going into the game, I had all sorts of questions about the offensive line. So, um, not being able to get a steady push up front from those guys um, it didn't really surprise me too much. I didn't think it was going to be as bad as it was, but I, I still wasn't um, too surprised with the inability to rush the ball, I guess. But, yeah, the, the defensive line, the interior guys um, just getting kind of pushed around, that that was not great to see and, and kind of really surprising for me. Where where were some of the guys like Ramir Johnson and, and Gabe Irvin – on Saturday because I think throughout the last couple years we've seen some questionable personnel decisions when it comes to especially late in games and we saw Wyatt Lever out there and we saw uh, you know guys like Oliver Martin as well and you nothing offensively of Ramir Johnson or Gabe Irvin so I mean where as is there any explanation on to what could have happened with those guys it was weird right um yeah. all all spring all fall camp the the coaches, Brian Applewhite, the running backs coach, um, Scott Frost, they were singing the praises of Ramir Johnson and Gabe Irvin Jr. Um, mm-hmm. And then for, for them to not even get in one offensive rep, it was just really, really puzzling. And I, I don't know, maybe something happened behind the scenes that we don't know about that's not public knowledge yet. I have I have no idea. But uh, Ramir Johnson was out there on the kick, kick return unit on the front line like um, you know uh, Bill Bush said he was going to be. Um, earlier in fall camp, but I, I don't remember seeing Gabe Irvin Jr. at all. Um, so, yeah, when you hear things like Ramir Johnson and Mark Whipple saying how, you know, he's, he's really impressed him as a receiver and as a running back, and we, we were told about the wide back position that Ramir was kind of working with in, in, in the fall, and then 
how much progress Gabe Urban has made after his knee injury um, and, and how good he's looked. And then to not see him at all, both those guys, just super puzzling, really odd. I'm wondering if um, maybe something has happened there that maybe we don't really know about yet. We're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska, and I guess this might be a little bit of a bigger picture question, but if you're Trev Alberts, how bad of a look is it on your on your program um, that you went overseas, you know, thousands and thousands of people followed you guys to to Dublin and were were paid a pretty penny for to to come watch your team play, and then you kind of just lay an egg in an opener that had a lot of excitement surrounding it. Um, with with Mark Whipple and and all the new additions, obviously, how how big of a deal is it if, if you're Trev Alberts, and how much does it factor into your decision when you have to figure out whether or not Scott Frost should be the coach here? Yeah, that's a that's a great point. Um, at, at some point, you know, in my opinion, you have to ask yourself when is enough enough. Um, yeah, you're right. Uh, you had a great showing of fans over in Dublin to follow you and watch this football game. Um, you had a uh, a, almost a brand new offensive staff, um, new quarterback that looked good um, mm-hmm. for two and a half quarters, um, and then to to get out there and, and not win the game and to to blow an eleven point lead that you had twice and lose to a Big Ten West program, you just have to ask yourself like what what like what are we doing? You know, it's it's year five. Here we go again. Same thing happened last year with a disastrous loss to another Big Ten West opponent, and it seems like every year. At least in my opinion, if you look at, if you gauge kind of the temperature of the program, um, and everybody else, it just seems like Nebraska's a, a, a joke, a punching bat almost. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, the, the onside kick kind of continued that, uh, this year, unfortunately. You know, for a head coach like Scott Frost, who brought in the million dollar offensive coordinator, Mark Whipple, took a step back from play calling duties to, to be more of the CEO type, like everybody likes to say. And for him to make that call, if he was, truly the one to to make that onside kick call um that's it's just a terrible look in my opinion and and one that you know a lot of people are going to look at make make jokes of you know talk about on social media just another black eye for the program um obviously if it's recovered people um won't be doing that as much but it's just such a wild wild move to to call that at that point in that situation uh make or break season um like like this just just really odd odd call Hey, Steve. So in the first half, everybody was impressed with Casey Thompson and the receivers in the passing game. Uh, the second half rolls around. Pat Fitzgerald has an entire half and halftime to adjust his defense. You saw that uh, Casey Thompson struggling to get the ball to his receivers in the second half and the running game just being non-existent really in both halves. Is the lack of running game something on what you said earlier, the lack of push from the offensive line, or is that just kind of a, a, a not like a distrust, but something where you the, the Mark Whipple and Scott Frost just thought that they could pass the ball more on Northwestern. Yeah, that's a that's a great point, Enrique. I uh, I think that Mark Whipple, the offense, tried to run the ball. Um, Anthony Grant had 19 carries. Uh, Jacquez Yant, um, AJ Allen had three carries each. They brought in Logan Smothers for one carry that looked good, but then they took him out. Um, but yeah, they, it, it wasn't for a lack of trying. They just, they're just, it just wasn't effective. They weren't effective runs. There was no efficiency from the run game. And and I look at the, um, the offensive line in front of Anthony Grant, who is who I thought did a did an excellent job getting what he got um, in the in the running game. Um, his his first first down run, I think it was a third and three. 
he got met a yard behind the line of scrimmage, and it was just all willpower and and um, power power behind those legs to to kind of turn forward and and get that first down. So Anthony Grant, in my opinion, looked really really good on Saturday, and he and he uh, got a lot of yards that weren't necessarily there. Um, so I, I just I think that Mark Whipple tried to run the ball, but they just couldn't. And Logan Smothers came in for that one carry. Um, to go kind of a, a triple option look like they did in last year's game that looked pretty good. Got the face mask, face mask penalty and everything, but um, yeah, I, I just think that if you're not going to be able to um, play complementary football um, and 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 be able to run the ball and kind of give your defense a break, I think that was a, a major issue in Saturday's loss was not being able to run the ball and then pick up yards on the ground you some clock so you can give your defense who was clearly clearly gassed and exhausted especially in the fourth quarter and northwestern took advantage with that bruising powerful uh, run game with evan hall and cam porter two 210 pound plus running backs just battering rams going at at nebraska over and over and over again um so it might yeah i mean long story short i, I think mark whipple wanted to run the ball um but he just you know there, there was no efficiency there and they just couldn't do it we're joined by Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here on the Happy Hour, and I don't. I'm sure you you saw some of the the snap counts for Nebraska's defensive linemen and things like that. Did we overestimate this Husker defensive lineman coming into the season? Um, yeah, maybe. Um, I I just think conditioning was such a huge factor. Uh, they were out there for for so long, 34 minutes, 35 minutes, something around there. Um, they're out. They're on the field for for such a long time because of the offense's inability to play complementary mm-hmm. football and, and run the ball and choose some clock. But uh, yeah, I just from rewatching the game, Ty Robinson, Colton Feist, Nash Cutmacher, Devin Drew, Stephon Wynn Jr. I I think those guys had an up and down day, but mostly down, obviously. And um, when you combine that with the lack of pass rush from the edge guys like Garrett Nelson and Oshawn Mathis um, and Caleb Tanner, I, it just was a recipe for disaster. Um, Oshawn Mathis, I think, did a pretty good job in run defense, but obviously I think Northwestern came into the game and, and rewatching the game. I, I think their coaching staff had a really solid game plan against the edge guys, whether it was keeping a tight end in on, on Oshawn's side, uh, chipping, chip blocking on, on a running back going out on the route and helping his offensive tackle. They, they just – they just did not make it easy for the edge defenders, but when guys like Garrett Nelson had a one-on-one against Peter Skronsky, that an amazing left tackle from from Northwestern, he just he just couldn't get he couldn't get much done. So um, yeah, it's just uh, yeah, I, I'd like to believe more in the defensive linemen, the interior guys, and but boy, it was such a, a bad start. I feel like, and, and combined with the conditioning factor that they were. They were clearly exhausted. It, it was just a recipe for disaster. Last one before we let you go. We're talking to Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska here. The next two weeks, you have North Dakota and Georgia Southern. Um, definitely not two glamorous games that are that are on the horizon for Nebraska. What what can you learn about this program in the next two weeks before they have to go September seventeenth and play Oklahoma here in Lincoln? Yeah, I I, I think. Um, not much, I guess, from, from playing opponents like North Dakota and Georgia Southern. What, what I think, in my opinion, you would like to see are, are blowout wins. Are not, not, I guess, if you remember the, the win over Buffalo last year. Yeah. Buffalo hung with, uh, the Huskers last year. Um, they didn't win the game, but they hung, they hung with them and, and kind of put a bad taste in, 
fans mouth leaving um, Memorial Stadium that they should have won more than they did. But I, if, in my opinion, you, you want to get out of the North Dakota games and the Georgia Southern game and just feel good, um, get a really big win, put up 50 points, something like that, um, have a strong showing on defense, um, just try to move on if, if possible and, and show and show this fan base that it's not going to be a here-we-go moment again like last year and the year before that and, and, bef- and before that. Um, mm-hmm. If they want to truly prove that things are different this year, um, they're, they're going to need to start acting like it and, and show and show it on the field instead of, instead of talking about it. I'm sure we're going to hear plenty of it uh, from, this, from this week, um, and, and rightly so. What else have they got, got to say um, in, in, that, in that setting? But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, just go out there, put up the few points, a dominating win. Don't have it be a, a kind of a repeat of the Buffalo game last year, where you where you kind of were, were left wanting more. Uh, one of the one of the big playmakers from that Buffalo game was Gabe Irvin. We'll see if we can see him this weekend against North Dakota. All right, Steve. Appreciate the time as always. Um, hopefully, you've recovered from Nebraska football and ready to get back into the swing of things tomorrow when we hear from Scott Frost. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, Nick. That is Steve Mark of Inside Nebraska. Appreciate him as always. Uh, 402-464-5685, the Honda Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line. Both those open for you guys. Rico, let's play an offensive clip before we we go to break because there's a couple. There's two clips in there that I want to bring up. And when you talk about Scott Frost, automatically you think about his time at well, maybe not anymore. You always thought about his time at Oregon and now at UCF and then the first couple of years in Nebraska calling plays. And the adjustment f- to not calling plays has been kind of interesting. Um, play play both of them in, in any order you want, Rico, uh, before we head to break here, and we'll be good. It's to go. tough for me. You know, uh, I've said this, there's no one way to do things. Um, but I think, uh, I think we can cooperate and a little bit more. Um, you know, the, the, probably the big, the thing that hurt our offense is when we got in, in situations where we were just, uh, running the ball, um, we didn't, we weren't efficient enough. And, um, when you gain yards on those plays, it gives you more opportunities to run the stuff that, that you think could hit big. Here's the second one. I don't know if there's a big difference, but, you know, we certainly, we certainly didn't dominate and, um, again, I give their staff a lot of credit too. There were some scheme things that they hit us on on offense. Um, I think we're going to have to learn as an offensive staff that uh, you got to be a little creative in this league. Um, so we we have some things that we can work on. That we did a lot of good things, but it's got to be more of a um, a complete game. Give us your thoughts on those two quotes. Nebraska's offensive staff, according to Coach Frost, needs to be a little more creative in this league um, to win games. We'll kind of digest those clips. We'll probably bring in Nathan and uh, Stricken for the, for the crossover coming up as we round out happy hour on a Monday. You're listening to 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.